0: It's that time of week, once again, where you are at the innovation's edge with myself, Trigger Jordan, and my co-host, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hey, what's up, Trigger? Always, always, every time. On the Disruptive AF Podcast, listen, could not be more excited this week to be welcoming with us Kathy... Reed, who is the spark cell lead for the 96 test wing at Eglin air force base now the wing has experienced exponential growth in their innovation culture under her coaching that's a fact that's not even a question she has been actively involved in the AFWorks innovation ecosystem and even in it and event attendance since its inception and not only that damn, but also she's incredibly passionate. I'm talking about her like she's not here with us. She's literally here with us, but she's incredibly passionate. (laughs) And it's about inspiring airmen to relentlessly pursue their ideas, to exceed their expectations and enable them to leave a legacy that defines the future of the Air Force. Boom. What an intro. Kathy, welcome to the Disruptive AF with us.
1: Oh, so excited to be invited to uh, just get to talk to you guys about some of the things that we're doing. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So first, first off, I mean, yes, we had the background, but let's, it's kind of the first question we start with what, when did this whole innovation thing start with you? The culture, the mindset, the, the activity with it? Like what, where were you before this kind of started? What was the mindset? And then what got you into this?
1: So um, I guess all my life, I've kind of felt like people thought I was different. I never thought like anybody else, right? I always had that out-of-the-box thinking. But for me, the innovation side of it started, my background is computer science, software engineering, did a lot of code development, did agile, scrum, project management certifications, you know, all the the cool things to get you moving in your career. Uh, But I really had a passion for helping people do things that they didn't think they could do and just reaching beyond what the limits were. So uh, in January, Um, I uh, 2017, I got this opportunity. And the funny thing was, is um, I had been selected to be a major graded area uh point of contact. So I worked for the first time directly with the wing commander. And I was uh finding things that they could do better and trying to help. And uh he built this position. I applied for it thinking, I'll get an interview and I'll find out what the job is like because I've never done innovation before. I didn't know anything about it other than I'd heard the word and it sounded cool. So I I uh put in for it. And the next thing I get is, congratulations, you got the job. I'm like, oh no, he didn't even interview me. What am I doing? Nobody <laughs> knew, right? This was even before AppWorks became as big as it is. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I remember going in after, you know, my first week there and asking him, you know, sir, what do you need? What do you want from your innovation program? He's like, I don't know, but I know you'll figure it out. So whatever you need, let me know. And that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's from what, there, yeah.
2: That's a that's an interesting and really kind of common story. Is this? Hey, I, I hear we need innovation. Uh, can you can you do that?
1: Right, and nobody even knew what the definition of it was. Right, so the first thing was try and define it. I spent nine months and failed miserably at trying to define <laughs> innovation. I finally gave up and said, "I'll let it define itself, and I'll let the yeah. airmen figure out what it is."
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I like that a lot. Let it define itself. Uh, let the let the value be what what it what it should be uh and i actually that's that's something that i that i like to say when people ask me to define innovation because they're like oh you talk about innovation all the time like what you have to define it i'm like no i don't innovation is when you produce value and it's new for somebody like it it can be that and even if that's the wrong definition producing value is a good thing to do right
1: yes that's right well, and even well, and thinking really- along the lines of when we were first starting, I told people no one can really give me a good definition, but when they see it, they know it. They're like, "That's innovative, right?" So yeah. there's nice. the hard part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, man, that's completely true.
2: So I hear, so I heard you say something in there, which is that you have a passion for liking that for other people and i kind of want to dig into that a little bit because i don't think that everybody gets to that place it's almost like i want to say it's like a stage of enlightenment on the innovation uh development you know like you start off and you're frustrated and then you you want to do things yourself and you want to change things and then you want to enable that experience for other people and you you know you're not quite as interested in credit can you talk about Do do you think that came from a place of, you know, being within the software development field or something uh, that you that you have that mindset? Where does that come from?
1: So I think it's uh, probably coming from a lot of different places, right? It comes from how you grow up, the experiences that you have in life, and and how you recover from failure. Do you get up and try again? Do you stay down? You know, what kind of support system do you have? Um, I've learned a lot in college. I learned a lot from my parents. Um, I have a strong faith and a foundation there that I really rely on to, you know, kind of help me to exceed beyond what people see and and have that hope. But for me, I think it just really stemmed from being able to see how when you give someone a goal that they just don't think they can achieve and you let them go after it and they're always afraid they're not going to make it right like oh you're setting these crazy goals how in the world am i going to get there and and i I tell them all the time i don't it doesn't matter if you get there i just want you to try well in the end they get there sometimes sometimes they don't but they're way further ahead than what they thought they were and i've had so many um people that i work with come back and say I never would have thought I could do that. And I wouldn't have tried if you'd not pushed me. And so that that drive and having that passion and letting them fail and learn and telling them it's okay and, and helping them figure out how to make that a learning opportunity rather than a failure, I think it's just the key to innovation. And it's what sparks that passion. And then once you do it for one, they like share it with all their buddies, right? Oh, yeah. no, you're not going to believe what just happened to me.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this goes back to, it's so funny. Like it's, I I promise you to our viewers, I did not, we did not give her any talking notes. We didn't tell her any of the things we talk about. I swear we don't like this is all natural and organic, but I hear you saying these things. And literally we just got off the phone with, with Christian who we were shooting the previous podcast with just got off the phone. And there was two, you know, three principles that basically, as he was talking about that keep on coming up in this innovation environment and it's investing into our people empowering them and releasing them and that's yeah. it's so funny to hear you talk about enabling people is because this falls right in line it, there takes it, there's as i hear you talking it takes an investment in pouring into people of almost reassuring them listen it's okay to fail but we're going to do this yeah. together we're going to get through you got to try you got to do it and then enabling them to do it and releasing them and letting to do it. it's just it, it's amazing now you know i say these things as, as it comes up from podcast to podcast about the in, investing enabling releasing them but is that something intentionally you did or is that a framework that you initially started with because we you and i have never you know we've never talked about this before but was it something you intentionally set out that i'm going to put more focus on the individual than i am on the project because this this is leading to a really important point here coming up in just a second
1: yes i did um my full mantra the whole time has been I'm gonna put the airmen first. I'm gonna give them whatever they need. So when I first started, there were some there were some individuals that had some ideas and their um, leadership were not supportive of them, but they really felt passionate about them. Yeah. So, you know, me, I just went and talked to the commander about them. And then I go back and talk to him and say, hey, I talked to me. oh, you shouldn't have done that. I haven't my bosses are gonna be so mad at me and they were worried about getting in trouble. So I kind of said, hey, you know what? If if this happens, you just tell them that crazy Kathy, I was talking to her in private and she took that and ran with it it. That was not my intent. Blame it on me. Let me take the fall. You yeah. know, and if it's great, then you did it. It's all about you. Yeah. And and just being there that they had someone that would be willing to do that, I think made a big difference. And it, it helped as I was going forward and getting them to see. So realistically, the biggest challenge we have in the Air Force is there are too many perceived obstacles, and it stops Airmen from even trying.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: we kind of went yeah. after, you know, we're, we're not going to be the innovator. So the first challenge I got was people would call me with ideas and say, hey, go make this happen. Here's a great idea. And I'm like, I'm not the innovator. It's the person yeah. with the passion that does the day-to-day work that's the innovator. I enable you. And so I, I would come back and say, oh, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with that idea. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, I, I just told you about it. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to help you. Because I want to teach them how to effectively and yeah. positively and professionally overcome those obstacles. Because once they learn how to do that, they don't need us. They don't need yeah. the spark cell. And innovation is just going to go rampant through the Air Force. Yeah.
0: So I love that it, method. Yeah, go ahead.
2: And it's something that I, that I am constantly shouting about, which is this idea that innovation cells should not just be project factories. They Correct. they should be enabling those projects to happen yeah where where they're producing value, which is which is at uh, the level of execution. I see like I saw it really early on when I was starting to figure out trying to figure out how we were standing up our innovation cell uh, at the 70th wing and and I saw a lot of cells kind of just collect a couple projects and then suddenly they have no man hours like if you're trying to manage a project and you're involved in them, you're an innovator, but you cannot be an innovator and an enabler full time at the same time. It's impossible.
1: Yeah. Well, and I—I I, uh, mm-hmm. told the story. My first nine months, I went into a couple of the AFRL uh, think tanks, and I spoke, and you know, I talked to them about how miserably I had failed the first nine months because I kind of took that first approach of I'm going to go out and sell it. It's a great thing. I'm here. I'm passionate. I'm excited. I was a cheerleader, right? But what I heard from the commanders was, hey, we're busy. We want to do this, but we can't. There's no bandwidth. We can't get past our basic mission needs. How in the world are we going to do this? I'm like, but you're doing it all the time. So I talked about 80% of our squadron commanders. That's the first nine months. I went and saw everyone personally, talked with all their leadership. The message I heard was, Hey, I don't have time. One of them even said, can I tap out? And I thought about it for a second and I thought, yeah, you can, but I'm going to build the football game. You don't want to sit on the bench on, you're going to be asking me to be put in. So I went back to my office and waited for the phone to call, ring, from the phone to ring, nothing blank. And I'm like, all right, I got to build something like Daniel says of value. So I started building the... Uh, wing innovation site and trying to, my computer scientists get all the data together, make it easy for them, take care of some of their pain points. People told me you have no people, you have no money. I was by myself, only person in the office. And uh, within a month, I just got blessed enough to have General Goldfein say, I'm going to give you squadron innovation funds. Well, guess what? I suddenly had money. (laughs) And within a year, that same person that asked to tap out called and said, can you come speak at our commander's call? I'm like, sure. What do you need? He goes, I want you to talk about innovation. We're going to do it. Yeah. So there you yeah. go, you yeah. know, put me in coach. I'm you know, there, the there's phone. a, there's
0: a line that yeah. is literally our, our mission statement, uh, for the Vance Spark Cell, but it's something that, you know, Dan mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that when you're passionate about it, you just can't help but share. Yep. And it's the statement that is, this is not just my life's goal, but it's like, it is so applicable everywhere is that if you spend your time, my, my focus and our focus in, in our specific Spark Cell is to connect people to their passion yes. for a purpose to create fulfillment in their life. And there's been several times, you know, we, we had the chance to to brief the vice chief who came through and uh, the undersecretary of the Air Force, and and when <laughs> it's so funny when you throw these things up on the slide, they you I know exactly what the reaction is going to be. They're going to be like, "Whoa, that's the fluffiest." Mission statement I've ever heard. But the reality, I mean, the reality is, though, is that you're exactly right. I don't care about the project. I care about the person and I care about getting the right person. If you get a person in there, if they have two hours a week to spend on something, but you connect them to a project that they are 100% passionate about, they are going to find time to be able to make the thing happen. My only job, our only job is to release them to be able to do it and resource them if we have the resources available and encourage them to be able to do it. And, and what I've seen it create is exactly what you're talking about. It, it creates this environment where people are literally fulfilled in what they do. They love working in innovation. They love working in their squadron because they're bringing these solutions that people have been frustrated about for years. Yes, And it's something different. It's something where they they're actually love what they do. I mean, I've actually seen people the year prior. they were 100 i was one of them i was out if you'd asked me three years ago i was out of the air force you couldn't have done it you couldn't have. it's not about the pay i was so far out you couldn't have stopped me and and it's not the case anymore i mean i love it i love and there's several people like that where their stories align with that
1: yes and i think the biggest thing i found um you know in the in the 24 months, I've really been, uh, if you don't count the failed months, we'll go ahead to the 24 months I've actually been highly engaged, is that the the airmen themselves, they really are searching for someone to just listen to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always thought, hey, God gave me two ears and one mouth. I should be listening twice as much as I talk. So mm-hmm. I started, instead of listening, letting them speak and go, oh, they're being negative. Oh, they're not involved. I started really listening to what they were saying because nine times out of 10, they were telling me a pain point if I would just listen so that we could connect. Because you're right. It's all about connecting. And we did the same thing. We would have, you know, General Goldfein came through and, and uh, the wing commander said, I'm gonna give you 40 minutes with them. I want you to brief our program and talk about it. And I thought about it. And I said, sir, if it's all right with you, I don't think he wants to hear from me. I think it wants to hear from the airmen that are doing this. So I picked five of our innovations and I brought those airmen in. I let them brief the, the chief of staff of the air force on their project. That was so phenomenal to them. They were so ecstatic. They couldn't believe they'd had that opportunity as a, you know, as a, a staff sergeant or an airman or a 22 year old civilian, you know, being able to do that was pretty phenomenal.
2: I heard you say something like, did you say 24 months you've been in the, in the role?
1: Uh, yes, it's actually been about uh, you know two and a half years. Um, I came okay. in in January of seventeen, but that first year uh, I didn't make much progress at all. To be totally honest, I tried really hard, but nothing. Yeah,
0: no, that's, that, a that, that's, that's a beautiful. That's a beautiful transparency of
2: of what yeah, innovation is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that it's really important, and something that's really important in this podcast for me is that we we don't just focus on this this like paint a pretty picture t- kind of thing yeah because because innovation is messy right and there's yeah. a, and there's a lot of failure involved and there's also a lot of emotional down, da- like low points right yes. and it's important that we capture that so that it, people who are going through that don't have the sense that i'm doing it wrong you know right. like there is a there's a way to get out of that but that is that's an inevitable experience that everybody who's trying to produce value is is gonna have to get through and so that's the importance of community the other thing i wanted to hit on which is like i have this i have this thing with our the innovation cell that i start that i helped to stand up we were i I was there for eight months right so and we had just stood it up so we had i'd say mostly failure and uh and we were starting to feel like okay here's where we're going to produce value and then our whole office turned over the yes. entire office yeah so the new guy got you know shout out to to master sergeant harbin is basically blank slate because he doesn't have that that basis that we had kind of built up because it's all it's also based on those personal connections that you have right yes. so i i i think that there's a lesson for a lot of these innovation organizations. And I don't know exactly how to solve it for people who don't have that continuity that you're talking about, like being able to be in one place and really hammer away at this for, for two and a half years. I like a lot of those, uh, spark cells, they got people just working part-time and, and they're there for, you know, maybe a few months and they're gone.
1: So that was the thing that scared me the first uh, when they first started stand up the spark cells, uh, Tony sent out the list the first time and I looked at it and I said, Tony, should I be worried? I'm the only civilian on this list. Yeah. Everybody else was military, right? I'm thinking yeah. I'll be replaced soon. And I was failing. So that wasn't helping. Um, but yeah, you know, continuity is important. And I will say my team has turned over a lot. And the reason it's turned over is the relationships I have with the squadron commanders and group commanders. They see what my team is doing and they want that in their unit. So what they're doing doing is they're pulling them, right? They're offering yeah. you new <laughs> promotions and jobs, yeah. which is great. The innovator in me goes, hey, I got seeds everywhere now. Go for it. Keep getting yeah. them, yeah. right? I'll keep training them. But yeah. it's just how you you look at it. It's not a negative thing to me. It means yeah. that we're putting more innovative thought out in the field.
0: You know, yeah. before we cut away to break, Dan, you'd mentioned uh, celebrating the failures and not, and not even just the failures, but the trials and the frustrations you go through. In building that. And I remember um, Kathy, you, you know, you talk about your nine months of failure. I'd say there it, for me, it was about six months in there where uh, innovation was not what we were doing, what we were working on because I'm a T6 instructor um, because of the amount of effort and energy it took to really invest into sustain this thing up. I almost felt as a, like I was a hated person because I wasn't cranking out <laughs> as many student sorties. Like, the, you know, you look at the flying hours during the week, it's like, oh, triggers at the bottom of the flying pole again, doing nothing, the innovation. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm not kidding, right. man. I felt like an ostracized, hated dude. Like, I almost didn't want to go to roll call because I knew that it was like people were going to be mad at me because they thought I was just slacking and not doing anything. And it wasn't until you start seeing the benefits and, and, the, and the, the help that you're able to bring to these units that you actually start seeing the mindset shifting. And the mindset shifting around where they don't look at you as just a liability of something that's wasting their time, but instead you they look at you as an office that is in a, a program and people that are actually able to help them. And I've seen the same mindset shift. I've seen that same turn where uh, at first I was having to beg for anybody, anybody to be <laughs> able to help. And now yes. you have commanders coming and say, hey, man, here's my top dude. Do you have a spot that I, we can get him into the spark cell? That's
1: exactly um, what we Which is seen.
0: just a total I mean, it's awesome. People I love for it.
1: One. Whoop, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it's huge. Hey, Build so when it, we, they will come? <laughs> it, it's it, it couldn't be more true, couldn't be more true. Hey, we're gonna go break real quick just for a little bit. Make sure you come right back here to the Disruptive AF Podcast, where we are at the edge of innovation each and every day with our guest this week, Kathy Reed, the innovation extraordinaire herself. Stay right here on Disruptive AF. Are you listening to this podcast and wondering what you should do to get started? Join Afwork's weekly office hours call to hear about different resources and programs available to you and the rest of the defense innovation community. Tune in at the link in the show notes every Monday at 1 p.m. Central to hear more.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Disruptive AF Podcast. I'm here with Trigger Jordan and the inimitable Kathy Reed, talking about uh, running a Spark Cell for the last two and a half years. We covered some good content on failure. It's good to talk about failure, at least a little bit. Uh, maybe we should should uh, transition to successes. Can you talk about some of the f- some of your favorite things that you've seen come out of the Spark Cell? Some of the stuff that you're proudest of having enabled your airmen to do.
1: So yeah, the hardest part about this is there's so much to talk about, right? There's the phenomenal things. There's the the, the lower things. I mean, we've made it to the spark tank uh, with ideas, making it to the semifinalists two years in a row. Um, can't wow. figure out how to make it to a finalist yet, but we're challenged for next year. <laughs> we've done things like we've had over 180 ideas. So you're asking me to pick, right, a few out of that. So <laughs> some of the ones that come to mind are, um, I kind of pick in my mind three areas right we have these game-changing impacts I'll start with so uh, the coolest thing we had was early on we had a uh, security forces uh, patrolman come in and say hey I would like some money to be able to put iPads in our cars so that I can get our uh, background checks through the car and not have to go through dispatch and have them run it and then read it back over the radio while I'm sitting there with someone detained that I don't know anything about them so we got to thinking, it's like, well, is that really innovation, right? I mean, that's kind of just a, we have that already. It's out in the industry. And and so we said, you know what? There's this uh, system that AFRL has developed called ATAC. It was an Android tactical assault kit. It was a blue force tracking system with a um, uh, digital footprint, if you will. So we said, I'll tell you what, we'll buy the iPads for the vehicles. If you will just look at this tool and see if you could use it, just assess it for us. And they said, all right, oh, we'll do it. So guess what, they did. Within two weeks they came back. AFRL had provided them um, access to the the tool, uh, devices to start with. They changed from iPads to tablets and the functionality it gave them was just light years ahead of what they were doing. They had maps up on a board with a plastic cover using grease pencils, doing cordons when they had a fire or something at base and they're over the radio trying to tell people where to go and trying to figure out where people were at. This system allowed them to get all of that digitally instantaneously, you know, post out, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the cordons. Here's where I am. Here's pictures. And they kept saying, well, you took us from what we've been doing for 70 years the same way. And you have just catapulted us. We've had over 40 bases call that airman and say how did you do that and we want it. Even yeah, security wow. forces centers looking at it. So, you know, that's one of those game changers that it's made the world a difference and those airmen in the in the uh Miocs and in those control rooms are like I want to come to work again. It yeah, it was no, just phenomenal. I, I, and I'm then, gonna have like, to hit
0: you up about that afterwards because I don't <laughs> think our SF has that, and I need we need to hop on to the goodness of uh, the goodness of what you're talking about. That's uh, that's awesome.
1: Well, awesome. and it's expanded. So, so it didn't just go to them. So our fire department came and said, hey, can we get some? Because while we're in the fire truck heading over to the fire, we can get situational awareness in the truck and hit the ground running. We've yeah. had our EOD. Uh, we are looking at it for the COVID stuff, right? Uh, temperature screening and things like that at the gate to wow. be able to have touchless entry. It's just it's endless what we can do with some of these things and this
2: highlights for me something that like i like to say that 90 percent of innovation is actually just making connections and what you're talking about is an innovation that already existed right it was Mm -hmm. it was a technology that had already been developed and unfortunately technologies get developed all the time that never make it to to their ideal use case right it's you know the stuff that maybe wasn't developed like specifically with a customer. And this is the case with in commercial technology all the time, we got stuff out there, people have developed, they got a theory that it could help the Air Force, but how do we connect that to users? And and, uh, I, and I think it's really important for people to understand that in order to enable innovation, part of that can just be to serve as a connector, uh, to be yeah. tied into those networks where you're learning about the technology that's, that's happening, and then make sure that you're telling the story about Hey, we yes. just created this thing so that other people can hear. Oh, they just—they're doing this thing over there, and we've been doing this. Like we just saw it right now with uh, Trigger yeah. being like, uh, oh, "Hey, we we could maybe use that." And yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the main it, purpose of doing this uh, podcast is to connect the hosts with the guests uh, for innovations. <laughs> but... Did
0: you you hit on you hit on probably the point of the century? I feel. Let's just pause for a second mm-hmm. and have the have a little praise break of how good of a point that is. You're 100 percent right, man. And, and when you, the connections is the the connections in the network. When I honestly think about when people say, Oh, trigger, what are you good at? I'm just a network dude. Literally, yep. yeah. That's I know that, people. That is literally it. I find people, I know people, I know people who know people who can find, and it's there's nothing special on me. It's just the connections that you have of building the relationships. And if you're able to build those relationships and get the people connected to the right people they need to it literally changes the entire game. I mean, it changes everything about it. And I think the reason why, and this is just kind of, you know, pontificating on the idea, but I think one of the reasons why people in the innovation realm are so uh, fulfilled as I'll go back to my example, connecting people to their passion for a purpose, create fulfillment in their life. um, Why they're so fulfilled is that, is that people love connecting and they love celebrating uh, the, the, the victories and they love working through the failures And they love connecting. And when you think about all all of the people that are in this innovation defense innovation network, it's a bunch of people who get to talk to other people who are excited about what they do. I mean, how could you not love what you do in that environment?
1: Absolutely. And that's what we find is that, you know, that's the kind of the second point I, I have is that yeah. it's the growth and passion of the airmen across the wing. So when they see that, they start connecting with others. And it's just like yeah. this exponential growth curve that happens. Because our security forces got touted by Security Forces Center as one of the most innovative security forces units they'd ever seen. That yeah. one idea sparked so many other things. They now have augmented reality weapon simulators uh, for their training. So they were looking to get a Milo or a Megat. And I'm like, you're thinking too small. Don't try yeah, to catch yeah. up. Leap ahead. Right. Yeah, so I said, go yeah. to augmented reality, go to virtual reality. And then they started doing it like, oh, you're right. This is a hundred percent better. Yeah. So it's just those things of don't think so small, think big. Right. And that was a lot of the we did. We kind of took General Goldfein's thing of start small or think big, start small scale fast. Right. So yeah. that's kind of what from, we've tried to
2: do. Yeah. And that reminds me of something you you spoke to earlier, which is that it's not about the ideas; it's about the airmen. Uh, yes. That reminds me of of this thing from uh, Chief Ian Eichen's TEDx that he did, uh, the uh, the command chief out at Edwards Air Force Base. He uh, he talked about how they accepted all ideas, and yeah. and they accepted them and they treated them basically all equally. We're going to work on that idea, and we're going to find the value in it because when you, when you are just looking at ideas and that, you know, I started off my, my career shouting about innovation with, uh, kind of talking trash about the, uh, the, what the, um, spark tank, because I didn't like that competitive element. I was like, Mm -hmm. when you're just looking at ideas and you're just throwing them away, you lose people. Like Mm -hmm. if an airman comes to you with an idea and you're like, no, you lose that airman. So it's really important that while you're also trying to create value with the ideas, you recognize that, That person is a key component for your future going forward. And if you don't respond to them in a way that keeps them engaged, uh, you're not going to last very long if you're only looking at ideas.
1: And that's one of the other cool successes to me is so we had a similar scenario, right? So I didn't ever want to tell anybody no. I took that word out of my vocabulary. And then I would hear people say, well, let's, you know, we'll do yes, but. And I said, no, how about we do yes, and. Because yeah. I didn't want to contradict them, right? I wanted to expand them. So we had someone come in. And my big thing was I we took all ideas. We threw nothing away unless it was going to get the um, commander locked up. I thought that probably wouldn't yeah. be good on my <laughs> resume to get him put in jail. So we actually God. had a... a, a idea that came up and they wanted him to purchase a bus for some things with our school age on base and he couldn't legally do it. So we, I worked with them and uh, I kind of thought, oh gosh, I had to say no. And it it really bothered me for a long time. And and a few months later, I got an email from the individual that brought the idea and she said, I just want to say thank you. I could not have done what we did without innovation. I'm like, you're thanking me. I didn't get you the bus. She goes, no, but you connected me with so many other people and we solved it. And it's amazing the solution we came up with and we didn't need a bus. So it's things like that. Even a no can be a really positive experience if we lift up those airmen and give them what they need.
2: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And my like one of my things that I always want to do for people is when they bring me an idea that I know has flaws. uh, I've actually had this in meetings before where I was like, we don't say in this, you know, it's like design thinking, or we're doing a session where we're just gathering ideas. We don't shut them down because when you, when you do that early in, a, in an exercise, people start to hold back. They have that. There's like a there's an involuntary psychological response to being to having your idea criticized when you first put it yeah. out there that if you're just just welcoming and you're like, no, yeah, that's great. Let's keep let's keep exploring this. And then you let them Go through the journey of discovering where the value is, or even, uh, you know, finding out that it never produced value, anyways. Mm-hmm. They had a learning experience. Exactly. They came to that conclusion on their own, and you didn't lose that connection in the process. And they, like you said, they make connections and they get the person gets value out of it, and the the innovation community gets the person. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where the spark cell really becomes a valuable asset, right? So what we do is we have once a month, when we first started, we did these weekly, the ideas were flowing in. So we would bring them in and I had a panel. The panel was made up of the wing commander, myself, our chief scientist, uh, our finance person from both O&M and the TE side. And then we also had a squadron representative and I, I transferred that every week. So somebody different in a squadron came because I wanted them to see what happened in the room. Well, sometimes when we had our chief scientist, and he couldn't make it. He would bring in the next, you know, higher technical people up. And I actually had to get to the point that I did not allow some of them in the room anymore because of that exact thing. They came in and all they wanted to talk about was all the, you know, they think technically, right? These are all the yeah. things that are going to stop you. And so we can't do this. And I, and I even trained them before. Don't say no. Don't tell them the obstacles. They know we're going to help them because we give them innovation coaches. That's one of the things we do different in our Spark Cell is every idea that comes through. I have a team of four people. Two of them are innovation coaches, two are CPI, and they go and they work with the innovators so they never stay stuck for long. So they're always moving them along through the process and finding yeah. out what their their pain points are. So um, I actually went to the wing commander and said, sir, sorry with you, I'm going to say that there are certain people that can't come anymore. And he said, nope, it's your <laughs> program. I'm fine with that. So um, that's what I did. And I said, unless you can come into that room with a whole different attitude of how do you get them where they want to go, then you're not really suited for this ice bar. Park. That's a hard this, thing to do. These are all reminds, people much yeah. higher level than me.
2: <laughs> that reminds yeah. me yeah. of the conversation we had last episode with Christian Breckbuehl, where he talked about they were doing the uh, what's the electronic flight bag, and and he found out we don't have to connect to the network right away. If he had come to them with a with a solution that included all the components that it would eventually have, he yeah. would have gotten a whole lot of people who said no. Uh, yeah. Which is why I think it I, I think it actually makes sense to keep to take that technical like technically specific mindset out of those initial stages uh, and why we start with problem development like with with problem definition because if you can get to the heart of what the what the problem is then you can start to explore all the avenues which some of them might have technical blockers some of them might have policy blockers but if you got to the heart of what the value is you were trying to create you you've made a lot more space for it to, to explore those av- other avenues with, uh, with room to develop in.
1: And I think another area that I've seen and this is the kind of the third tier of that I was talking about on successes is I am really excited about the opportunities that senior leadership has brought to the table for innovation, right? The fact that they've given the the airmen a platform to pitch their ideas through Spark yeah. Tank, through the IMSC Rodeo. They've uh, stood up AFWorks to be able to have events where we can get together and get connected with other bases and they've provided us with with those types of things, uh, squadron innovation funds and there's so much more, right? The list goes on and on. Dr. Roper's providing us with all kinds of rapid acquisition avenues that people never thought possible. Uh, You look at COVID and some of the things that are going on, you know, senior leadership is stepping up and they're saying, hey, let's build task teams. Let's put the innovators on it. Let's get them involved because they want the speed. They want the scale to the need. They want to scale to um, the uh, requirements and being able to do things quickly. So I just think all of that is really cool to be a part of right now. And that's your leadership buy-in is critical for a spark cell who's trying to really make a difference because they're the ones that are going to really market it and sell it. And they're the ones that the airmen are going to listen to. And they're the ones they want to spend time with. So when the spark cell can be at that level, cause I'm right under the wing commander, the way we're, we're situated. And it is a full-time position and I have a full-time uh, people on my team. But again, that grew the first year was just me. The second year I doubled. And then last year they brought in three more slots just because our volume is so high.
2: Wow, Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's actually a, a pretty, I'd say, a, I guess, standard growth because the first year was me and then second year was me. And then I had a, a group because um, I was at the wing like you are. Then I had a, one chief per group that we had. And then nice. the third year we hired in a civilian for the continuity because continuity is a serious. I mean, Dan, going back to what we were talking about, continuity is a serious concern when you talk about you know, the amount of projects, and especially projects, as you have projects to succeed, it goes from being a wing funded project to the numbered Air Force funded project, because you get the other bases that have the similar mission on board. There's a lot of management goes into it. And as you do it, you don't just become an innovation person, you become a contracting person. And a finance person and the major I mean Amen. Right? I did not expect I'm a I'm a lowly pilot that that shouldn't be allowed to speak finance or contracting or any of those things. But it's the nature of what's required when you talk innovation. If you wanna if you want to see these things succeed, you're gonna have to step into the roles and the bounds that aren't fun and stepping into the contracting and, and learning that that lingo and understanding what the different colors of money are and how we can spend it and what does that look like and you know where's the wing going prior stuff like that but it's 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 not where it starts it starts right. with the idea and dan going back to what we talked about in the last podcast with with christian just get going just get started yes. just just don't try to build rome in a day just get going and you will be afforded the ability to expand and grow as you continue showing value to your organization and you continue right. bringing those ideas hey there, well, there's one yeah go ahead kathy right.
1: I would say right now we're operating about 20 percent of our squadrons that are, I mean, actively innovating. There's just multiple innovations going on. And one of the cool things that's happened from that is I have people from those units, like you said, a chief in every um, area yeah. I have. Uh, airmen now coming to me and saying, I want to be a part of your program. Yeah. We have tenants at Eglin that are coming and saying, I want to be a part of your program. So I'm getting individuals that are willing to take additional duty and do this on their own
0: yeah. just
1: to learn and be a part of that. So uh, that's been really cool too. And I, yeah. that's just started happening in the last five months.
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge. I, there's one thing before we close out that I want to hit on that is a challenge. Um, I think, uh, and again, we talk about transparency here, like the challenges we're actually facing is that as you have these airmen come in and and they get used to working in this environment, um, for example, I, I have an airman now that his uh, enlistment is coming up uh, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to get out. I'd love to stay in this innovation realm, but the pr- the system doesn't allow me to do that yet. Like there's not an innovation Sherpa or an innovation guide or like an innovation consultant uh, AFSC or anything like that for me to continue working in. And and even within the constraints of what the AFSCs are, when you have a title, that is, that's who you are. That's your job title. Now, I've seen it, it it's such that There are several people working on major projects, not just across the Air Force, but but in areas where it doesn't matter what your AFC is, like I'm a pilot at 11R, what would I have to do with with writing an application or anything technologically if you looked at my qualifications? Like zero. (laughs) But it has more to do with the job experience. How is it that we move forward with these people who their natural, like what their fulfillment is and what they're passionate about isn't necessarily aligned with what their qualification is? How do we keep these people engaged? Past- their interaction with us at a spark cell does that make sense yes so like, h- how do we how do we keep them going how do we keep them engaged and moving forward if if this is what they love
1: so we've had spark cell uh people that have been a part of our spark cell leave and go get pcs to you know to theater or whatever. And they've asked me that question, you know, Kathy, how do I, how do I do this? And I said, well, they can't take your connections away from you, right? They yeah. can't take away the fact that we all work on a different level than anybody else. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I'm a 24-7, right? My phone's yeah. dinging yeah. at 10 o'clock and Tony's <laughs> texting. I'm, I'm right there, you know, and everybody's My like, wife would you would love ever to sleep? would
0: stab you for that statement, but it's so true. It's like, <laughs> it's, dinging, yeah. ringing, doesn't matter. Something's always yeah. happening.
1: And so, yeah. you right. know, I said, so while you may not be able to be a part of what you've been here with this innovation program, innovate what you can innovate because the hard thing is, is leadership can't argue when it works. And like Daniel said, when you're bringing value and all of a sudden they start saying, Hey, how come, you know, Joe's bringing value every time I turn around and they'll finally go ask him. It might take three or four iterations and he'll be like, I'm using innovation and let me tell you about this network. And then he may be the spark that starts there to build what we've built here in a place that doesn't necessarily hasn't embraced it just yet.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this question like really speaks to me because I went from, you know, that those eight months of failing pretty successfully at, uh, you know, my last wing up to to now I'm in a space where I'm not in an innovation role, but I'm still doing, uh, you know, a whole lot of extra stuff just on my time. And also, you know, I like to, to sneak in during work hours and and try and produce value that way. But it's the reason that I that I'm so obsessed with creating those online networks and continuing to be present in those spaces. It's why we stood up the uh, the the innovators matter most group. It's why I'm a part of the defense entrepreneurs forum. Uh, And it's why I stood up my latest project project Agitare, which is to connect people who are doing those facilitated uh, services like with design thinking human centered design warfighter centered design. um, Because what I realized is that I can't keep pushing without people there next to me to like keep, you know, kind of push me or encourage me or help me through those rough moments. It is, it is not a solo sport. It just isn't, you know, you, when you're playing this game, uh, with, with as much sort of cultural inertia that we have to push against in a lot of places, you need that community. And so, you know, I just encourage anybody out there who is, who who is wants to stay part of this? There are places online where we're we're staying active and yes. we're trying to build those those spaces for people so they
0: they can get the encouragement to keep going. Yeah, man, that's a that's a perfect segue a segue into how people can get connected. But before we do that, before we close out, just want to go around around the horn real quick and give our final shout outs. Kathy, what's what's one of the things you want people to know? What's the thing you want people to know before we leave here? today uh, in, in regards of getting connected to innovation, getting connected into organization, you know, the mindset, you can do it. The floor is yours. We'll go around, Dane. You're up next.
1: So I'm going to start just before I get to my final thought. Um, I want to give five tips for innovation, spark, Cell leads. These are things that I've just come to learn over time. Um, And I've kind of mentioned them throughout, but I think it's good to kind of put them into that bullet list, right? The first one is put the airmen first, listen to what they have to say, because we need to be the enabler that they need so desperately. Second, take every opportunity you have to speak to high ranking individuals, to pull them in, get their innovations in the forefront of the leadership because they want to see what their airmen are doing. So let them tell their story firsthand. Third tell the story. And when you tell your story, don't be positive all about, you know, tell about the failures, talk about what you learned and how you overcame things, because that's the real meat of innovation. And that's what truly makes innovation. What it is, is the things that we learned from our failures. And then we said it, connect, 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 call complete strangers. I called Tony for the first time. I saw AffWorks. want to know what it was. I saw his name. He's like, how in the world did you get my number? And where are you? And, who? and he couldn't believe that I was just this person sitting out there, been doing innovation for a year, and had first connected with him. So, so make those calls. The last one, and this is really key, you're going to feel uncomfortable most days. Please embrace that feeling as a key attribute to success. And you want to build those close, close, strong relationships with squadron commanders, group commanders, and wing commanders. Because in the end, if you maintain your legal, ethical, and moral integrity, they're going to have your back. And so you've got to trust that and just do it. So my last thought is this. Circumstances beyond our control are really redefining every aspect of our lives right now and how we interact I challenge each airman to use the experience to redefine how they view our future Air Force. Start making those disruptive changes that focus on the value, the value of time, of urgency, of scalability in everything we do. There's no place that can't do innovation. I don't care what you do. And you know what? Now's the time to do it and we got to do it together. So I'm I'm all in. And I want them to do too.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Man, that's a mic drop.
2: Yeah, I'm like I, I I don't want to talk now. I, uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's that's so much good stuff. I'm I'm like so excited about this episode. Um, the thing that I heard that like resonated most with me is that when an airman walks into your office, into your spark cell, or into your you know your innovation, or if you're like a flight chief, if an airman walks up to you with an idea. Uh, you need to pay attention to the fact that it's not just an idea walking in the room. it's a person. Yeah. And the way that you respond to that, it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be at the risk of that person walking out the door because they gave you an opportunity when they said, when they said, I trust you with this idea, they give you an opportunity that they will be an asset in the future. They're the kind of person who's going to come to you with ideas. Right, so yeah. the way That's that you it. respond to them in that moment is critical. Uh, they might never come to another flight chief again in the f- for the rest of their career if you respond the wrong way. So it is all about responding in a way that helps them build that idea, helps them find the value in that idea, and also uh, that that the next time they have an idea, they're like, "That was a good experience. The last time I had a terrible idea, it was it was great. I yeah. I think I want to go. I want to have more terrible ideas because." <laughs> Having a lot of terrible ideas, that's how you have good ideas.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, couldn't not be more true. Kathy, thanks so much for joining us here at the Disruptive off? AF Podcast. Seriously, it was a blast. Every time it we shoot an episode, I yeah. say, how can it get more fun? And then it does get more <laughs> fun. It's wild. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Man, well, uh, Dan had mentioned earlier the way of getting connected because honestly, innovation is so, so, so much about getting connected and networking. And we want to network with you literally right now. So you can go to all the social media platforms we have. Um, not only Facebook, also YouTube, several different areas with AppWorks and the Disruptive AF Podcast. If you have not subscribed yet do on the the YouTube channel make sure you go over to that logo right over there if you can see it and make sure you hit the bell and that's going to allow you to get this awesome great content each and every week with every content drop we have and finally this podcast you can listen to it anywhere podcasts are available not only on iTunes Spotify but also Radiohead and several other places so make sure you stay connected with us right here at the edge of innovation on Disruptive AF guys we will see you later Kathy thanks so much again
1: loved it have a great night
0: love it Dan we'll see you uh, next week for another episode of Disruptive AF.